Hello and welcome to Eco-Activist Journeys. It's been a while since my last podcast. Um, yeah, I've just been super busy and of course so many things have happened in the world. Um, when I recorded my last podcast in March, it was pretty much the beginning of lockdown in Germany and now of course lots of restrictions have lifted and it almost seems like life has gone back to normal. However, yesterday on Monday the 6th of July was World Zoonosis Day and I thought this was a good time to reflect on some of the lessons I learned from this global pandemic and kind of just share some thoughts and reflections. Yeah, I don't know how everyone else is feeling but personally I think this time has really taught me a lot um, and I know a lot of people want to go back to normal and that's understandable because it's been a rough time emotionally for many people so of course there's a wish to go back to how things were because honestly whatever was before in many cases was better than living in a global pandemic and economic crisis but um, I think people sometimes forget to process learnings and lessons from rough times and um, I think that's not too good because there's a lot that you can learn from these times and you repeat mistakes until you know better and I think as a global world community um, it's better we learn some lessons from this um, to avoid something like this repeating again in the future or repeating even in a worse form. So yeah, seven lessons that I kind of want to share and discuss through today. Um, yeah, one of the first main things that I've come to realize and accept is that there's no going back. COVID-19 has changed the world and the sooner we, have, we come to accept that, the easier it will be to rebuild and reform. Secondly, I honestly felt a lot of loss um, and, and frustration, um, especially at the beginning of the whole lockdown, um, because just because of things like memories and opportunities that were lost as a result of the pandemic, um, about the way our future has been stolen because of the human exploitation of nature. This also brings me to World Zoonosis Day. I discussed this in my last podcast, but just to highlight it again, COVID-19 is a zoonotic disease transferred from animals to humans as a result of wildlife trafficking. This has just not been discussed enough. If we want to avoid living through crises like this over and over again, we need to re-examine our relationship with nature. This is where some of the frustration for, for me came from because there was nothing I could do other than stay at home and social distance, of course. It's kind of like climate tipping points. You know, there's, there's only so much you can do when certain tipping points have been reached. We can deal with situations and disasters only to a limited degree. We cannot prevent them anymore. They're happening globally and individually there's little that can be done to prevent things from getting worse because you can't turn back time. And, and I think that is what this pandemic has really shown. We, we can't turn the clock back. Um, or we have to live with the decisions and the consequences of the situation of how it started. And we can only try and do so much to try and, um, yeah, look for solutions for a better future. And I think it's important to realize that you can't turn back time, but there's a lot you can learn to, yeah, to, to take something from this time and to realize, okay, we don't want this happening again. Um, what can we do and how can we build a world that is more socially just, that is more sustainable, uh, where we can have a future on. Um, thirdly, if we want, we can change a lot of things in our lives. Um, politically, the changes that happened within days and weeks were actually quite astonishing. 
um, it just shows that if there's a will, there's a way. I mean, everyone's life changed just within a few weeks, sometimes literally days. It was crazy, but in some weird way, also highly inspirational. Because it shows that if people stand together and there's political consensus for action, a lot of change can be created. And yeah, it's just a lot about working together and about actual action, not just talking about something, but really doing something. And you can see that with countries that responded early and that did do a lot. They just have a lot better time and a lot better recovery than countries that responded later to COVID. So, yeah. Uh, my fourth point is on masks. Um, yeah, this is a funny one because it's, I think in the past it was rather strange to wear masks in public. Um, I think, yeah, especially here in Europe, it's, yeah, it's not really a cultural thing that you, you wore masks. Uh, and I can only think of one time before Corona that I wore a face mask. But now it's become such a norm, um, especially because here in Germany it's compulsory to wear masks in supermarkets and on public transport. And yeah, so you basically cannot leave the house without taking a mask with you. Um, and yeah, on this point, please get reusable, washable masks because plastic and mask pollution have exponentially increased around the world as a result of COVID. And also reusable masks still need to get washed, preferably every time after use. So yeah, get several, but at least it's not a single use item. So it's a lot more sustainable. And also they're so much nicer to wear. I have a few different ones. And obviously they are ones that are better. Look for ones that are nice, like that are kind of breathable and comfortable to wear, but also that are safe. That's not just the thinnest layer of fabric, I guess. Um, but yeah. And also something I realized a few weeks ago while I was hanging up washing, I had the realization that what a strange thing this actually is to like regularly hang up masks on the washing line. And it also hit me the fact that, oh, this becomes so normal to kind of hang up masks on the washing line. And yeah, I think that norm of masks will stay for a while. Um, they're fairly easy way to, to offer protection and some form of disease prevention and that's not just against COVID but influenza, colds and coughs and I think a lot more people are realizing that so yes masks are great and you should wear them if you're in public and busy spaces yeah also too it's not just about your own protection it's actually protecting the people around you as well and showing respect that um, you care about others well-being because you not just breathing around and like I don't know, spreading, spreading um, potential germs or infections. So yeah, I think that's a norm that will stay for quite some time. My next point is on plastics. I already alluded to this, but plastic pollution has increased during the pandemic. Um, yeah, I know there are a lot of positive stories of, for example, wildlife recovery and temporary drops in air pollution during lockdown. But plastic pollution is one thing that has probably worsened since Corona. Uh, and that's partly because of hygiene precautions, but also because it wasn't on people's minds. And I know that in some areas, recycling service did not continue as usual, or people could not drop off and sort recycling as they usually would. Um, so a lot more went to landfill or just got, yeah, found its way into into nature and into, into the world. Um, yeah, I was actually recently asked in an interview, uh, what sustainability change I've made or want to make um, as a learning from COVID. And plastic is definitely something I personally want to reduce. 
globally we have a serious pollution problem and we have way too many disposable plastic products. It's actually really shocking to see that whatever beach you go to, you will find plastic. And that's just, that's just crazy. Like I've gone to some pretty remote places in my life and I haven't really been to a place where there's no plastic pollution or you can't find plastic at some point. So yeah, that's, I think that's scary and pretty eye-opening to see how, how omnipresent it has become, this human disposable product. And yeah, of course not all plastic is bad. It's highly durable and it's a lightweight invention. But looking at single-use plastic and the cost to our lives and our environment is just mind-blowing. I mean, we are breathing in plastic particles. That's just crazy. So yes, it goes far deeper than just recycling all your plastic. There's too much plastic to be recycled. Um, it needs to be reduced um, and that's tough in a world that's addicted to plastic but there's some very easy steps to reduce plastic and devoid plastic products especially single use ones that are used for like five minutes such as coffee cups or plastic cutlery or yeah even small plastic water bottles yeah so I think there's a lot that can be done even if it might be harder to reduce some plastics in some areas there's a lot that in that we as consumers can make choices about. Yeah, there's obviously a lot more to say on plastic, but I'm going to leave it at that. Um, and then, yeah, maybe hopefully in another episode, I'll also come back to plastic and if you're interested, have another discussion on it. Uh, my sixth point is on supporting local. This has been something my family and I have focused on for quite some time now, but a lot more people are jumping on to this recently. Um, it's also, yeah, just a realization how important it is to support local businesses and small businesses in the area, getting local products and just supporting businesses that are um, smaller businesses that are financially struggling at the moment due to the corona measures that had to be taken. And secondly, you're also reducing your carbon footprint by buying, by buying local produce and products and yeah, it didn't have to travel across the world to get to you. So it, that's a good thing. And it's good to see more people jumping onto this trend and actually supporting their local businesses and deciding to shop more locally. Number seven, the magic number has to be about veganism. This is a really great time to consider veganism and to decide to eat more veggies. As I already said, our relationship with nature is pretty messed up. Yes, it's easy to point fingers at other cultures and the animals that are eaten there. I agree that wildlife trafficking and the consumption of wild animals is disgusting, but this goes far deeper. It goes back all the way to our own plates. What happens in factory farms and slaughterhouses is pretty disgusting as well. There is a reason that this happens behind closed walls and doors. And there's also a reason why people take their children cherry picking but not to watch how meat is made. The conditions that animals are put in are highly unhealthy conditions. And if there's one thing I've learned from this time, it is how deeply connected planetary and human health are. How we treat this earth and the animals we coexist with has a direct impact on our human health. 
So if you don't want to slaughter animals yourself before you eat them, why would you want someone else to do it for you? And there have recently been some pretty revealing scandals of conditions um, of workers in factory farms and, and what a breeding ground it is for diseases and pandemics. It's not a healthy place to work in and it does not foster empathetic and caring human beings. Um, personally, I think it's, it's a cool job that I would not want to wish on anyone. So yes, I'm more set than ever in my decision of being vegan. It's not about taste. It's not about convenience. It's not about cultural tradition. This is about life and death. If we want a habitable planet and a future worth living in with no more superbugs and pandemics, that means we need some radical changes in all of our lives. History will repeat itself so long until we have learned. The choice is ours. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that for today. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear some of the lessons you learned from this time. So please share and comment them on the Instagram post at Ecoactivist Journeys or um, my at ecoactivist.lia account. Um, if you don't have Instagram, you can tweet them to me um, at lymanlia. Uh, I've started being a bit more active on Twitter again, but as you might realize, I'm not a person of few words. So I get frustrated by Twitter word limits and the fact that you can't really share complex facts and arguments. And um, I think that's sometimes problematic in its own sense. So yeah, and I also get drained by the hate that can be found on Twitter and especially on climate posts. So yes, I have my reserves about Twitter. But yeah, um, of course, you feel free to, to tweet me any of those and let's share some inspiration and use this platform for something positive. Um, so yeah, I'm going to leave it at that for today. I want to wish you a beautiful day or a restful night, wherever you are in the world. Take care and above all else, be kind. Love, Leah.